0: Thanks for tuning in to the Central Church Podcast. We exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them follow Him. To learn more about Central, access tons of content, and find the location nearest you, download our Central Church app. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message, and we're so glad you could join us today
1: our locations. I want to welcome our Summerlin location, our Henderson location, Sunrise Mountain, Southern Highlands, our Kingman location, those who are joining us online and those who are joining us in our partnership with God Behind Bars in different prison facilities around the country. We're so thankful to have you guys with us. Across our central locations, we've got some awesome things going on. Let me just let you know of a few things. Hey, Central Summerlin next Sunday is having a barbecue after each of their experiences, free hot dogs and hamburgers. So if you're up in the Summerlin area, be a great time to get some free food and hang out meet some people also on august 11th next weekend our sunrise mountain location they're having a back to school party for kids they're gonna have bounce houses and water slides and you know lots of food and other treats and so it could be a great place to get to know some people if you're in the sunrise mountain area Um, we've been in a backpack drive and we continue in that backpack drive today so uh, just follow at central online on social media to find a list of supplies uh, that you could bring but we're trying to collect all that by august forth and so uh, we're there right now this could be a great opportunity to impact a kid's life so if you haven't already brought your backpack or your supplies let's get it done asap and we'll get it out to these kids uh, in their lives well uh, next weekend i'm kicking off a brand new teaching series called on purpose and i pray that you'll join me uh, we're going to dive into how you and i can be the church together i can't wait to dive into it with you my friend pastor sam collier is here with us today uh, Sam is gonna inspire you, he's gonna give you hope. Uh, he's an amazing communicator, and I'm so honored that he's with us. Uh, he and his wife, Tony and their little girl, Dylan, uh, have a beautiful family together. Uh, he's uh, a speaker and a host for North Point Ministries. He's a director of city strategy for a group called Rethink Group. He's an author, he's written uh, some amazing books like Find Your Voice. Uh, and he's also uh, a syndicated radio host. He's got a radio show and a podcast called The Greater Story with Sam Collier. So make sure to lean in and check some of that out. But listen, we're so honored to have him here at Central. I've wanted him to be here for a long time to speak. So let's put our hands together in a huge, big way, the way we do at Central, and give a warm welcome from my friend, Pastor Sam Collier. Wow.
2: Wow. (laughs) Man, I feel like I need to put a cape on. I feel like Superman right now. Who is excited to be at church right now? Anybody excited? Now, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, wow. I just wanted to see where that was going to go. You never know. Um, And if you haven't noticed, I'm black. It is what it is. All right? Thank you. And so, because of that, now not all black people need this, but I need this right now. I'm gonna ask you this question again, and I mean, don't be cute about it, you know? You gave me like a three out of a 10 when I asked you that question. I need at least an 11 out of a 10 when I ask you that. Who's excited to be at church right now? (laughs) Yes, well, my beautiful wife is here with me. Babe, can you stand up? I know we we can't put the camera on her. You might, she looks great. What's up, girl? Love her, our anniversary is today. Our anniversary is today. She let me come out, and she's like, okay, I guess you can serve the Lord on our anniversary. I guess you can. Um, Pastor Judd, just an incredible man, am I right? Just an incredible man. Central Church is one of the greatest churches on the planet. It's one of the greatest churches on the planet. Um, that's why I'm so honored and elated to be with you right now. Shout out to everybody watching online and everyone that's in this this room. Now, again, my name's Sam Collier, and I I grew up in what you would call the black church. And the black church is just a church with a lot of black people, (laughs) all right? But there's some things that we did in the black church that if you'll do them with me right now, it would make me feel a little bit more comfortable. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not gonna ask you to speak in tongues or run around the room. But what I do want you to do is get five high fives without leaving your seat from five different people right now, do it right now, do it right now, do it right now. There it is, that's a good one, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. Just five, just five, just five, there it is, just five. Some of you, you're getting a little too excited, you're getting a little too excited. All right, there's one more thing that we do in the black church that I want you to do now. Again, I need 100% participation on this. I want you to find one person next to you and look them in the eyes right now. Get in their face. Get in their face. Now, hopefully you brushed your teeth, All Right? And I want you to say this to them like you mean it from your soul. Say this, you look good right now. You look good right now, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't believe it, online, do it as well. At our campuses, do it. That's good. That's called kindness, ladies and gentlemen. That's called kindness. Yeah, (laughs) they got that in the bag. All right. Um, I want to talk to you right now about a topic, about a principle that's near and dear to my heart. It transformed the way that I view God. And here's what I believe. I believe that if you'll receive this principle or hear it or understand it in a new way, I believe it'll change the way that you view God as well. I think it'll take your relationship with God, it'll put some fire under it, and it'll do something on the inside of you. Now you've heard of unconditional love. You've heard of that. I mean, When we talk about the love of God, we tend to talk about it in that way. It's unconditional, it's amazing. But I wanna lift up another phrase to you that I've come to believe and I've come to know that's connected, to God's love, and it's this one, it's, it's unrelenting love. Now you've heard the term relentless before. Unrelenting and relentless, they're related. You could even say that one came from the other. What does it mean to be relentless? Well, to be relentless means that you persevere. It means that you stop at nothing to make sure that you get what you're trying to get. It's, it's being relentless. That's the kind of love that I think God has for us. It's relentless. It's unrelenting. Now, in order to unpack this concept of unrelenting love in an incredible way, uh, I wanna establish a theological foundation on a principle that we all believe in, in the Christian faith. Now, you've heard of it before, hopefully. Can you put it on the screen for me? Um, It's that first slide. Is it this side? Is it that side? There it is. Thank you. Boom. It's a new stage. I feel like I'm a model. You know what I mean? I'm walking. Um, Something called the Holy Trinity. Now, who's heard of the Holy Trinity before? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Put your hands down. Most of you have. Uh, Some of you, maybe not. Uh, Just let me explain it to you or just remind you about what it is. It's the idea that God is three in one you got the Father, you've got the Son, and you've got the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've read the Bible at all, which hopefully you have if you're in this room, some of you, you'll find that in the Old Testament, the Father shows up a lot. And then when you come on into the New Testament and you get into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find the Son pops up. And then you know what the Scriptures say. Uh, Jesus dies and he does some things. He says, I gotta go, but I wanna leave with you a helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit. I I love something else that Jesus said. He said that when you see the Father you see me. When you see the Father, you see me. To understand unrelenting love, just for a second, I just wanna spend some time talking about the Father. The Father. Now, when I was 19, I had a problem. The problem was that I had a dream. Now, the fact that I had a dream wasn't the problem. The problem was what the dream was. The dream when I was 19, was to have a Lamborghini. <laughs> Yukon Denali. Mercedes-Benz, I mean, w- w- Bentley, whatever you, whatever expensive car you love, I wanted an expensive car, but it couldn't just be an expensive one, it had to be an expensive one with TVs in the headrest. Does anybody remember those cars? There was a show on MTV called Pimp My Ride, anybody? <laughs> it, 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 you know, Exhibit would take these Volvos and he'd build a kitchen, a kitchen in the trunk, right? It, it was insane. Uh, and That's what I wanted. I wanted a Yukon Denali or a Lamborghini with TVs in the headrest. And I wanted a big enough center console to get Cheesecake Factory and put it there. Turn on Mission Impossible and get on the highway. It would be like a movie, drive-in movie, on wheels. But here's the problem with my dream. I was broke. <laughs> I was broke. Um... Even though I was broke, I did have something else. Um, I, I grew up in what you call the middle class. Any middle class people in here? You grew up middle class? Yeah, here's the great thing about growing up in the middle class. The great thing about it is that uh, you don't have everything that you want, but you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need, and, and so th- that was middle class, and so what you learn uh, to do is how to maximize the little that you have. My mom, she did that. I mean, she, you know, if, there, if food was a little bit low, She'd go to the refrigerator, grab whatever was in there, some leftover fish or some fish sticks and some waffles, and she'd get some crust and put it all in, it's a quiche. Mom, that's not a quiche. (laughs) You just took the old food and put it in, right? Uh, Again, she, she learned how to maximize the little that she had, so she taught me how to do that. So here I am, 19, one day, I decide, this is the day. This is the day I'm going to accomplish my dream. But again, I'm broke. (laughs) But I know how to maximize what I have. So I look around me, I say, well, what do I have? And I didn't have a Yukon Denali, but you know what I did have? An Oldsmobile. I don't know if you, anybody, any Oldsmobile fan? You had an Oldsmobile, okay. If you don't know what that is, it's just old. It's an old car. (laughs) That's why it's called Oldsmobile. So I said, okay, I got my Oldsmobile Yukon check. I said, now, uh, t- I got to put TVs in the headrest. I'm broke, don't have money. I don't have the TVs in the headrest or the money to do it. But you know what? I do have a MacBook. So I get my MacBook. That's a laptop for those. That <laughs> I got my MacBook and I put it in the large right seat because those mobile had massive seats. And I opened it and I said, well, now I need Mission Impossible. Didn't have Mission Impossible, but I did have Hotel Rwanda. So I said, okay, boom, and I hit play. I said, okay, I've got everything I need. The last thing that I need, cheesecake factory. I looked around, there was no cheesecake factory, but you know what there was? Come on, it was a Chick-fil-A. Come on, do we have any Chick-fil-A fans in the building? I don't know about you, but whenever I eat a Chick-fil-A, I feel like I'm tithing. I feel like I'm giving to God. Do you feel that way? It's called the Christian chicken for a reason. So I go to Chick-fil-A. I go through the drive-thru. I get the eight-piece nugget with the large fry because if you get the 12-piece nugget, it's too many nuggets. But if you upsize the fry, it fills in for what you lack in nuggets with the eight-piece. And then you have to get the sweet tea. And don't forget about the Chick-fil-A sauce. And... The honey mustard. So I got my Chick fil A sauce. I got my honey mustard. I put it in the center. I get on the highway. I get in the far right lane because it's about eight lanes and and I go 40 miles an hour because I figure this is probably a little dangerous. African music is in the background from Hotel Rwanda. I'm riding. I'm glancing, I'm dipping. I'm riding, I'm glancing, I'm dipping. Can you say that with me? Riding, glancing, dipping. I didn't think you would do it, but you did. But you did. And then it hits me. I've done it. I have accomplished my dream, ladies and gentlemen. I've accomplished my dream. So as I'm riding and glancing and dipping, I look in the rearview mirror, and a car has been out of control. It's rush hour traffic. I don't know if you've been in rush hour in Atlanta, but it's, it's a little crazy. And so I go, well, if I speed up and they hit me, I'll go further faster. But if I slow down, they'll hit me quicker. So I'll just keep going 40 miles an hour. I look in the rearview mirror again. Another car spins out of control. So now we got two cars. Rush hour traffic. Spinning out of control. And I figure I said, I'm going to get hit. It is what it is. Brace for impact. So boom. I get hit. And I spin all the way from the right lane across all four lanes. I hit the center median. Bounce off, spin all the way back across all four lanes and hit the rail. And as I'm spinning, I'm praying. I'm going, God, please just don't let me die. And whatever you do, protect the car because I'm broke. Well, I managed to get out of the car without a scratch. And honey mustard is everywhere. (laughs) So as I step out of the car, I'm kind of getting my bearings and wiping some of the honey mustard off. A man runs up to me and he says, are you okay? I said, yeah. And then he runs into the woods and jumps over the gate. I said, who was that man? I look down the street, down the highway, and all I can see is cars for about five miles back because all three cars have been totaled, and they've stopped traffic, and it's an army brigade of cars, about five miles. I mean, I can't even, I can't see anything else, and as I'm looking through the cars, about 15 minutes goes by. pull out my phone, text my sister, been in an accident, Put the phone down. So more time goes by. And I see a man running through the cars. I said, who is this man? See, he gets closer, I said, maybe it's the paramedics, but he didn't have the outfit on. I said, can't be the paramedics. As he gets close enough for me to recognize who he is, I realize it's my dad. He runs up to me. He said, son, are you okay? I said, yes. He said, what's up with all the honey mustard? I said, it's a long story. He said, well, weren't you going somewhere to like a, you were going to like a worship thing because I used to think I was going to be the Christian version of Usher. But I, you know, I didn't make it, but I'm here. I feel, you know, God won. And so I said, yeah. So he puts me in the car and he takes me to the worship thing. I'm gonna show you a picture of my dad. Do we have that picture? Take him to the next picture. This one is a little more professional. Thank you, there it is. Yeah, that's my dad. (laughs) Leave that picture up on the screen just for a couple of seconds. Um, As I'm riding with my dad, I'm thinking. And what I start thinking about is every moment he's been there for me, the good times and the bad times, the accidents, the mundane middle, every basketball game and every banquet. What some people don't know is I was adopted and got adopted around two months. And so he chose to always be there. I thought about, you know, how did this man find me? I just sent a random text to my sister. I said, uh, he just went on 285 and rolled around until he saw the cars. And then here it is got out and ran five miles through the cars to find me. I said, my dad is always there for me. He's always there for me. You know, what's crazy about that story is that I, you know, I often reminisce about that story because it's the one story that, you know, that stands out among kind of all of them. You know, you're old enough to kind of understand what's happening and it's a perfect example of my dad. I said, you know, my dad loves me. He loves me. He'll run five miles to find me. When I'm in an accident, he'll pick me up and say, let's go. As I think about that often, you know, I spend time with God. I remember one day I was thinking about it and God said to me, he said, you know, as amazing as your father's love is for you. He said, it pales in comparison to the love that I have for you. He said, I, I, I love you more, more than anything. He said, you think that love is amazing? He said, he said, wait till you encounter my love at the highest level. It's like a planet to a solar system, a raindrop to an ocean. God's love is better than any love that we'll ever experience. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about the greatest moment in which you felt love. Just think about it. Get it in your mind. Maybe it was uncle, it was cousin, it was mom, it was best friend, it was husband. I mean, I want, wife, I want you to think about the moment you felt the most loved. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that moment and multiply it by a million. And that's the kind of love that God has for you. He loves you. When I think about my dad's story, I often ask the question, what about that story really communicates that he loves me? Because I think we will all agree and say, you know what? Yeah, that story, of course, you got an amazing dad. Some of you might be saying, my dad's horrible. You might be like, I I, I don't, when you talk about dads, don't even bring up the topic. My dad sucks, but your dad, right? He he loves you. We, I think we all would agree with that. I think we all would say that. But what the question is, is what makes that specific story, what about that story communicates love? And here, here it is. It's not what he said. It's what he did. Right? It's not what he said. It's what he did. It's that he found me. It's that he ran five miles. It's that he picked up. It's that he showed up. He stopped whatever he was doing to get to me. I love what the great theologian C.S. Lewis says, can we put that slide up on the screen? Here's what he says, he says, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. I love that. Uh, It is as if C.S. Lewis is saying this. Can you take me to that next slide? It's as if he's saying that love is always qualified through action. You wanna know if someone loves you? It's not about what they say, it's about what they do, right? My dad said to me one day, as I kind of messed up, I was doing something wrong, and you know what you do when you mess up and you're younger. You're like, please forgive me, right? Then you try to get back on the good side. I went up to my dad. I said, said, I'm so sorry. I said, we're over it. I said, you know I love you. He said, okay. I said, Dad, I love you. He said, okay. I said, no, Dad, Dad, I love you. He said, well, then act like it. He was saying the same thing that C.S. Lewis is saying, that love is always qualified through action. Who cares if you say you love somebody? Do you act like it? Who cares that you say you're loving? Do you act like it? You know, when I think about this idea of unrelenting love, It's the reason I wanted to talk about it today, because I think we have an epidemic in America and around our country uh, where people say they believe in God and they hear that God loves them, but they really don't buy it, right? I mean, it's easy to believe that God loves us when everything's going well. It's easy to say it when, here it is, we're acting right, but when we start acting wrong, it's like, no, 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 God doesn't love me now. God did not love me. If God loved me, why, how could he do? I mean, no, no, I get it. Or, or, or maybe you might land in the category of, no, I've done too many things to believe that God loves me. No, God cannot love somebody like me. I don't know. Why would a perfect being love something so imperfect? We've got a problem in our country. Even folks that aren't Christians, that when they hear that God loves them, I, I don't know that They truly believe it. And I'll tell you this. The moment you grasp that God loves you, no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how far you run, no, no matter how many accidents you make, the moment you grasp it is the moment your relationship with God will change forever. You'll live from a different place. But I believe that the reason we struggle the most with believing it is because we haven't fully understood what he did to prove it. The greatest thing that God has ever done was die for us. The cornerstone to the Christian faith is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And some people may be going, well, no, God didn't die, Jesus died. No, no, you forgot God is Jesus. It's three and one, so uh, up on that cross was all of them. The greatest way to die that's ever been invented is crucifixion. Moments before Jesus went to the cross, uh, the scriptures say that Jesus took some of his friends and he went up and he said, hey, y'all stay right here. I gotta go over here. And Garden of Gethsemane, he walks over and says that he starts pleading with the father and he kind of, you know, I don't know if you have an uh, imagination like mine, but I envision he got on his knees and he said, God, if if you can take this cup away, please take it. Then the scriptures say he comes to himself and says, not my will, Your will be done. And it says he goes right back out to the friends. He starts talking and he says, hey, y'all keep watch." And he goes back a second time and he says, please, please, if you could take this cup away. Many theologians say that Jesus was so distressed in that moment. He knew what was getting ready to come, that he was sweating blood. Comes to himself, not my will, your will. Goes back out to his friends a third time. Hey, y'all keep watch, And comes back again and pleads with the Father. This is an amazing moment in Scripture because this is a moment where we are able to see the Holy Trinity interacting in real time. He's talking and pleading with the Father. Please, if you can take this cup away, sweating blood, please. Finally, it says he comes to himself. Not my will. will be done and then it says look kiss his friends here comes my betrayer the time the hour has come he was wrestling and you know what i think every every moment he wrestled he thought about you every moment he every every drop of blood that was he was sweating he would come to himself he no if i don't do this I can't communicate my love. If I don't do this, humanity won't be saved. If I don't do this, sins can't be forgiven. If I don't do this, my own creation can't be set free. He was thinking about you. I want to show you something as we get ready to close. And for many of you, this is going to be hard. But, but let, me, let me tell you this. Uh, it, one, if you have a hard time watching hard things, This just a moment where you can just go to the restroom for a second. Or just put your eyes down. I I get it. It means it's going to be a little difficult. But the reason I want to show you this is because I think that for some, we may be struggling to believe that God loves us, but I want you to actually see what he did for us. Now, it's not going to be a lot. It's not going to be a ton of time. Just a couple of seconds and... You'll you'll take it in. But I, I want you to watch it, not as something happening to him, but as him proving his love to you. That at every moment, he's doing it for you. If you'll be brave enough to watch just for a couple of seconds, I believe that God will illuminate his love to you in a great way we read about it but it's different when we see it let me let me just see it
0: faccia <laughs> <Vagia> musica Never aldorhem
1: la fofico con facci
2: first thing I want to do is thank you. As we get ready to close, I just want to thank you for having enough courage to watch. The temptation is to go, why are we showing this in church? much I mean what but you do know that this is the foundation of what we believe in That churches all around the world and all around America are centered on the promise and on the belief and the understanding that God that Jesus gave it all for us the reason I wanted to show it to you is because my hope and my prayer is that if you ever struggle with believing and understanding the depth of God's love, that in the moments where you are weak and in the moments where you doubt and in the moments where you have a hard time, that you'll remember what you saw. And that in that moment, it will communicate to you that he does love you. And not only because he said it, but because he did something about it. Because he did something about it. There's one statement I wanna leave you with. This, um, it's this last statement, it's the last slide that we have, and we put it on the screen. The one right before. That God gave everything to prove you were worth anything. God gave everything to prove you were worth anything. Can we stand all around? We're going to take a couple of seconds and we're going to sing just a little bit. And as we sing, here's what I believe. I believe that there may be two people, two types of folks in the room. One, it may be folks that you've been running from God for a long time. God's been chasing you and He's been trying to let you know he loves you and you've been running for for whatever reason. Then the second group are those that maybe you ran to God a while ago, but you stopped running to him. So the first group of those that have been running away from God and the second group of those that maybe have come to him, but you've stopped running to him, especially in the hard moments. For whatever reason, maybe you didn't think he could handle the doubt. Maybe you didn't think he could handle the imperfection. Maybe you didn't think that he could carry the burden that you may be holding. Maybe you just forgot. It's like God just became a mythical figure and I go to church in and out. If you're in any one of those groups, here's what I believe. Believe that as we sing this next song, if you feel comfortable, you don't have to, but if you feel comfortable, if if you'll lift a hand, I believe God will meet you right here. I believe that as you draw near to him, the scriptures say, come on, he'll draw near to you. So that means that we've got a responsibility and you don't have to, but if, but if you're struggling, if you're in need, if you doubted his love, if you need him to carry some things, if you've been running and you know this is the moment uh, to come back or to, to run towards him, maybe for the first time, I just want you to lift a hand up in this next song. And as you do it, I believe the love of God will overtake you like never before. God gave everything to prove you were worth anything. God, we thank you right now. We pray to you because we believe in you. God, I ask that in this moment that you give us enough courage to draw near to you. To bring you our greatest pains and our greatest hurts and our greatest sorrow. God, to bring you our doubts, God. And I pray that your love would overtake us, that your presence would illuminate itself in this place in a way like never before. Because you love us. And because you're for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing.
0: Sing us together, church. Uh lift my eyes up to the mountains. My-